Hi everyone, this is Laurie Handlers and you're listening to the Tantra Cafe Show. It's a program for spiritual enlightenment and I greet you of course with Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Peace, peace, peace. want to let you know that you can follow me on Twitter or on Facebook as Laurie Handlers and of course you can write your comments or questions to me at laurie at tantracafe.com. Today's show is brought to you by Silk a personal lubricant that enhances the pH on the inside. And that's going to be very important for today's show. You'll see in a moment. Today I'm asking the question, how well do women know their vaginas? Do they know anything at all about them or what they're supposed to look and feel like? Is there even a normal vagina? I know this may seem like a really odd question to you, but there's evidence that suggests that women are ignorant about this vital body part, that actually men in a great percentage know more about women's vaginas than women do. And listen, women, that's not such a great thing, that you don't know what's going on with you or what, whether there's any such thing as normal. My guests today are experts in this area. They have just put together an amazing book, called, oh, I'm not finding it, hold on a sec, called The Heart of the Flower, The Book of Yonis. And by the way, as I've told you many times on the show, yoni means vagina in Sanskrit. So these people have put together a book on this, and we might be asking ourselves, why? Why would anyone put together a book of photographs of women's yonis? Well, they're going to tell us, they're going to tell us their concerns, they're going to tell us about this subject that I'm bringing up, and it seems elementary, and yet I think this is going to be very enlightening to women and men listening. My guests are Andrew Barnes and Yvonne Lumsden. Andrew is a tantric relationship, sexuality, and orgasm coach. He's an author and a speaker and a DACA, which means that he works with people one-on-one in a tantric way to open them up to their feelings, their sensations, or whatever else, all the kinds of things that can open up. He runs a practice in Brisbane, Australia, and he's been training body workers in a variety of disciplines since 1997. Andrew's a leading authority on female sexuality, and he's respected amongst his peers for his expertise and craft, which is based on extensive studies and experience in Tantra. Yvonne is a Tantric relationship and sexuality coach. She's also a traditional Reiki master, teacher and practitioner, as well as a massage and aromatherapist. She's also an artist and photographer. Together, Yvonne and Andrew co-facilitate programs for individuals and couples in Tantra. So welcome to the show, both of you from Down Under. Hi there. Hi there. What is this? What's going on with women and their vaginas? How, what's, what's, I mean, it's shocking that women don't know what's normal or if there is normal or what's going on with it. So what could, how can you shed some light on this? I'd probably go as far as to say that um, most cultures aren't aware of, uh, for example, the internal structures of a woman's genitals. And you, you can take it back to the Victorian era. Um, prior to the Victorian era, people primarily believed that women were able to have, or women needed to have an orgasm to become pregnant. 
And then as the um, Victorian era came along, they started to realize that women didn't need to have an orgasm to become pregnant, which very quickly put the priority of women's sexuality or women's pleasure to be much less of a priority than men's. And at that time, because of that, they started to remove information from anatomy and physiology textbooks with regards to the internal structures of the clitoris. Um, to the point where nowadays most people think that the clitoris is just that cute little tip that you can see and touch on the outside, but the physical reality in every woman's body on this planet is that they have a huge, massive internal structure to the clitoris that most people, even some doctors, don't even know about. You know, I'm so glad you said all that, Andrew, <laughs> because I, I I have a friend. You may know her. Uh, you might be. You may have met her, or you may have befriended her on Facebook or something. Sherry Winston. And oh she yes. Does, She's Sherry great. does her own anatomy drawings and physiology drawings because she says that no book, either in massage or nursing or medicine, <laughs> any anatomy book does not have women's genitalia. Uh, detailed out so people can never find out, women can never find out what actually is going on down there. That's exactly right. It was removed from textbooks in the Victorian era in England. Um, and a lot of textbooks still have not put that information back into them. There's a great book by an Australian sex therapist, Vivian Path, called The Elusive Orgasm, where she actually has um, very good diagrams of the internal structures of the clitoris. So this has been one of the motivations of why Yvonne and I put together the Heart of the Flower, um, because we wanted to bring this information back into general public, because we believe it's integral for men and women to um, be fully aware of what's happening internally in every woman on the planet. I mean, we seem to know everything about male genitals, but when it comes to female genitals, we're still clouded in this in this veil of secrecy and, and and for a lot of women even shame yeah it's uh it's it's so good to hear you speak about it now of course i have to ask you you know when you say that you're an expert on female sexuality yet you're a male i mean i like i get it i i think males are much more expert on female sexuality than female Females are on female sexuality, and isn't that kind of a, I don't know, isn't that kind of a conundrum? Isn't that weird that that you would be an expert on female sexuality? Why wouldn't a woman be an expert on female sexuality? Well, I'm sure there are a lot of women that are experts on female sexuality. Um, I guess, you know, for me, this has just been a very natural progression in my life to, to be doing what I'm doing nowadays, it feels very natural for me anyway. Um, you know, there's female, there's male nurses nowadays, there's all, you know, like men and women are doing all sorts of, you know, jobs that it wasn't that long ago that were very gender specific. Um, so my natural evolution in my life has taken me to this place. So, you know, I'm just kind of going with the flow really. But, you know, I, I mean, female sexuality has always been you know, of an interest to me, even as a small child. So it's just, you know, one thing has led me to the next thing, which has led me to the next thing, um, to the point where I'm sitting here talking to you about our book about um, female genital self-esteem. 
Amazing. Yeah, you, so you don't catch any flack for that. That's I guess that's my... I mean, I catch flack, just, uh, just so you know, I catch flack when I'm, let's say I sit at a bar to have a drink and I'm, you know, in, in an airport and then someone t- talks to me and says, what do I do? And I say, I'm a Tantra teacher, I'm a Tantra master. And then if they know what Tantra is, like, they kind of get intimidated. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I, I definitely catch flack, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, I've got a reasonably thick skin nowadays, so... Um, um, but I find that the more comfortable I am with who I am and what I do, the more comfortable other people are with who I am and what I do. Yeah, it's great. Great. Yeah. Great. So, okay, so you, so there's, so you put together, you and Yvonne put together this book, The Heart of the Flower. First of all, how long was the book in putting it together? How, how, how long did it take you to conceptualize and then put it together? That actual conceptualizing, Laurie, I think that was um, that was the easy part. That that kind of just fell into place. But the the journey's been over three years now. It's been an incredible journey. When when we started out in this venture, I don't know whether it's a balance of innocence and ignorance, where Andrew and I thought we could have a book completed in a year. Three and a half years later, she's about to be birthed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It does take much longer than than we think, but we but it's a it's it's you know it's a work of love worth doing. I feel the same way about my book. It didn't just happen <laughs> as I thought it would very easily. It just didn't. So it's great that you're doing this, and um, I I want to find out more. Like what I mean, you have some underlying purposes of why you put this book together this book of Yoni, and um, could you speak a little bit about it? I mean, I think there's something, women are doing cosmetic surgery to their genitals. Is that, is that widespread? What, what's, what's that about? Yeah, one of the inspirations for the book, Laurie, was that there's um, a gynecologist and psychologist in the UK by the names of Lauren Crichton, and some time ago they put a call to action out that there was a need for women to see more positive imagery of other women's genitals because it's quite likely that for a heterosexual woman they wouldn't have seen another woman's genitals and one of the hypotheses is that more and more women are watching pornography and certainly in Australia for some of the laws around censorship it's inappropriate to show um, inner labia that protrudes so these images need to be airbrushed before they can be displayed or shown so women can be comparing their yonis to something that they see in pornography that's been airbrushed look at themselves question themselves then go on the internet where there's hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of internet sites offering female genital plastic surgery with before and after shots so there's a woman that you could take that she's imagine she's questioning herself, she's got doubts about how she looks, goes on the internet, and then those doubts are reinforced with before and after shots of with quotes um, saying, regain your femininity, look normal again. So with this belief, just it cements their self-doubt about how they already appear. And then if they can go to a plastic surgeon, cosmetic surgeon, 
And our concern is that women are going for this type of surgery, but they're not being given adequate information about the risks it entails, or are they, um, or are they actually being um, encouraged to look at other women's genitals to see what is actually whatever normal is. And that's the purpose of the book where we've got 50 women, all different ages, shapes, sizes, of amazing yonis, um, so women can see, you know, what is they can, normal. They can actually see that there is no normal, that every every yoni, every vagina is different, looks different, is completely different. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful uh, project. It's a beautiful, it's more, it's a, it's, it's, it's beautiful that you would set out to do this. We're going to stop for a moment here. We're just going to stop for a moment when we come back. I want to ask you more about it because I, it's incredulous to me that women would go online and, uh, and, um, mutilate themselves to look like something that's been airbrushed but we're we're going to come back and talk about it if you just uh if you just tuned in i'm talking to andrew barnes and yvonne lumsden about their book heart of the flower the book of yonis which is a book of photographs of real photographs of women's vaginas and we're we're talking about this most amazing subject we'll be right back Have you ever wished for an end to pests in and around your home, around your office? Stop paying for dangerous chemicals that can harm your children, your pets, and your clients. Today in Arizona and Florida, an environmentally responsible pest control company named Ladybug has set up shop to provide natural and organic pest control services. Ladybug can help you stop even the most persistent, nastiest bugs with green, organic products that are friendly to people and pets. In addition, there are franchise opportunities in Arizona, Florida, and throughout the USA. To learn more about Ladybug's home-friendly and earth-smart green pest control services, visit the Ladybug website at ladybugcorp.com or call us at 561-276-7600. Ladybug guarantees you another eco-friendly, pest-free day naturally. Wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness? Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by me, Laurie Handlers. This short, easy-to-read book will make you laugh at yourself, and it may possibly make you cry as you discover my tantric secrets for happiness and how they apply to you. In the book, I begin with the tenth law, make love in the unknown, and then I work you all the way through laws one through nine to teach you how to be in the unknown, fresh, every moment of every day of your life. Sex and happiness puts the innocence and love back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. It's only $19.99 in paperback and $14.99 ebook. Go to sexandhappiness.com to order your copy of Sex and Happiness by me, Laurie Handlers, the host of Tantra Cafe. You're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment, and I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. And today I'm talking with Andrew Barnes and Yvonne Lumsden about their book, Heart of the Flower, the Book of Yonis. Because my questions are, why don't women know what their, what their vaginas look like? Why don't we know what the labia is supposed to look like? Why are women having cosmetic surgery? It's, it's, 
it's an abomination, actually, as we're discovering from these two amazing authors. Andrew, I think when we broke, you wanted to, you were going to say something about uh, something else in addition to what Yvonne said about this cosmetic surgery. That's right, Laura. I was just going to add to the book is not just um, uh, photographing of 50 women's genitals. Each woman has written a personal story about her relationship with her yoni, and some of their partners have also written um personal stories about how they feel about their partner's Yoni as well. Um, and Yvonne, as you mentioned, is also a flower photographer. So she's photographed some amazing flowers, and each woman has chosen a flower that themes her two pages. And we had an, uh, a wonderful artist named Davin Infinity from America who has put together the book in such a way that it's a beautiful work of art. So the, there's a beautiful combination of beautiful theme of flowers for each woman on her two pages, plus the words that she and her partner have written, plus her three photographs of her yoni in different positions. Um, and then alongside of that, um, we've also written uh, three chapters, one chapter about the anatomy and physiology of a woman's genitals, and we have some amazing diagrams and photographs that clearly show people the internal and, and external structures of a woman's genitals so that everyone has a very clear understanding of how a woman's genitals work. And, and, and then I've written a couple of chapters about the issues in our society that I believe underpin our social conditioning in a way that affects women's belief about their own bodies and their own genitals and their own sexuality. So I, I believe that we've got some great information for people, not just with the photographs, but also with the information that we provide in the book. Because Andrew, I guess can, the, you, yeah. can you say can you can you say some of these opinions? Would you share some of those opinions with us, like what you think has underpinned uh, women's belief about themselves or their their own self esteem slash self loathing? Right. Well, going back to that, say the Victorian era, um, when they realised that women didn't need to orgasm to have children, and I mentioned that, you know, uh, women's pleasure became much less of a priority. See, if you're living in a religious society where sex is about procreation, then pleasure, and those same religions are teaching us that pleasure is a sin. Therefore, if a woman doesn't need to have an orgasm to become pregnant, then what's her pleasure for? There's no purpose for pleasure in a society that sees sex as for procreation only. And, you know, so what that did was it, it took the priority away from women's pleasure and put the focus on pleasure or women's pleasure being much more sinful than men's because, see, men still needed to have an orgasm to, to, for procreation. Right. And so I believe that over the, over the, the years, this, this shame, this secrecy about women's genitals has become more and more ingrained in our culture to the point now where, you know, women are seeing their genitals as being, normal genitals as being quite retarded and needing to get labioplasties because of it. Say, what, then, what's the name of that? What's, what is it that they get? Labioplasty? Yeah, labioplasties, where they get the inner labia cut off. That's, that, labioplasties in the last several years have tripled around the world in most Western countries, and it's on the rise even further. You know, I also, you just reminded me, I, when I was in India, 
I was uh, meeting with a lot of cosmetic surgeons because I considered doing uh, medical tourism. I like bringing people to India, so I thought of another angle was to maybe bring people to the cosmetic surgeons in India, much cheaper to have cosmetic procedures done. Right. And mm -hmm. one of the procedures that they that they boast is uh, replacing the hymen. Mm. Yes, that's right. So that's another whole thing because Indian... I thought it was a cultural thing because Indian parents don't want whoever their prospective daughter is being arranged in marriage to to think that the daughter is not a virgin. So they, these doctors go in and replace a piece of skin there. Um, which wrong, just reminds, I mean, it may have nothing to do with what we're talking about, but again, it's like ugh, women have to be fixed because they're not perfect. It's just... That's uh, right. I know one person who had this operation that you're talking about, but it wasn't for the reasons. I mean, I'm shocked by what you're sharing with me here that about this genital comparison. I'm, I'm, it's shocking to me. Uh, I do know a person who had a labiaplasty uh, when she reached in her 60s, around her 60s. She was a dancer. She was a swing dancer and a tango dancer and I think her, her, like, the body kind of tends to melt to gravity uh, yeah. as as we age. And I think that her labia, just one of her labia became, or both, became, like, a little bit hanging. And she said that used to catch when she was dancing. So she had uh, a labiaplasty to make them shorter, her outer labia shorter. But that's the only, I mean, that's the only person I've ever talked to in my life that even thought or considered that. But maybe I'm just being really naive. Sure. Well, I, and our message certainly isn't that, you know, cosmetic surgery is a bad thing or anything like that. And everyone's got the, the right to choose. And I guess our, our, our whole purpose for making this book is to just give women other options, mm. you know, because... Our research has shown that the majority of women that do get labioplasties, for example, are doing it for psychological self-esteem reasons, not for the, per the reason that you just mentioned. So there's a small percentage of women that actually need to have a labioplasty be because of physical discomfort and pain. But the majority of women are doing it because they're comparing themselves to images that are usually being airbrushed in, in the media or they're comparing themselves with women in pornography, and if they don't look like those women, they think there's something wrong with them, and then they're getting labioplasties because of that. Now, that's a, that, that's a psychological issue, not a physical issue. Right, and, right. And as I said, most women are getting them because of that and not because of a physical issue. Yeah. So yeah. they're treating a psychosocial problem with a surgical solution. And so what we hope the, this, yeah. What are the numbers? Like, what are the numbers of, of people doing this kind of thing? I mean, and where is it very, I mean, is it, is it as big in the U.S. as it is in, it seems, in Australia? Well, the, the, the research that we've got says that labioplasties have tripled in the last four or five or six years in America, the U.K. and Australia. It's difficult to get the, the right statistics on it, but that's that's the rate which with uh, with that's that's the rate that it is escalating and becoming more and more um, of a popular surgery. 
And do you know the ages, what the age range would be of this? Um, once again, that's another difficult statistic yeah. to, to know. Yeah, we're not sure about that age, age group. What, um, <laughs> what, have you ever, have you in person ever met anyone who has come to you and told you that they did it? Have you ever interviewed anybody that, it would be great to have someone on the show today who's done that. I would love to. <laughs> Oh well, we actually had the really fortunate situation with the. Um, there's one of the women that's in the book. She's actually written her story about um, going forward and having labiaplasty, and she's written a really heart-touching story for her experience. And we've also got photos of her um, of her yoni as well. And does she have? I mean, does does she speak with regret? Yes, yes, there is. And for one of her um, main realizations was that she came to realize that there was actually nothing wrong with her yoni as it was. And but she went through a journey of um, thinking that there was something wrong with her. And she actually went back to the cosmetic surgeon twice because she had her surgery done. And then after it takes some time to heal, and the, swe- the swelling goes down. It wasn't as what she thought it ought to be. So she went back to the cosmetic surgeon. And research has shown that about 80% of women who have labiaplasties return to the surgeon afterwards. Because it just didn't go right. Or I mean, do they lose, uh, what's the risks here? Do they lose sensation? Do they lose the, the, the ability, I mean, I, yes. I, can't, I can just imagine that they, they lose some flexibility, they lose some sensitivity. I'm just imagining. Mm. The, the risks are that um, from a pleasure point of view, the loss of sensation, reduced sensation, and also the risk of scarring and infection post-operation. And depending on where a woman may go and choose to have the surgery done, it could be one of those things if you don't know the questions to ask, you may not be given the information beforehand as to actually the degree of pain that you could be in afterwards and, as I say, the risk of infection. And there could be trauma later on in childbirth as well. It just sounds just horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's, so, it's, it's horrible. It's reminiscent of uh, clitorectomies, these things they do in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the Middle East. And uh, it's also re- represents it reminds me of horror stories I've heard about breast augmentation, all kinds of things. Uh, and just and here's just another one. It's like it seems like an exploitation. That's it. And when I was looking at research and information for the book, Laurie, when I was coming across the websites with the before and after shots, I, I looked at these pictures with a tear in my eye because. I would say you could probably take if 80% of the women in our book went along to a cosmetic surgeon and asked for surgery, they, they would probably end up having it done um, mm. when in actual fact there's no medical reason for that to occur. Right, right. Oh, sad. Well, mm. we're going to pause here for a moment, and uh, when we come back, I have some other questions to ask you about the people in the book and certain physio- physiological things. So I, I like to to proceed with that as we return. 
So if, please stay tuned. We'll be right back with Tantra Cafe. My guests today are Andrew Barnes and Yvonne Lumsden, the authors of Heart of the Flower, the Book of Yonis. It's a book which depicts real women with real vaginas and the differences, and it also depicts all, all kinds of important details about female anatomy. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted something really different from a plain old Swedish massage? If you want an extraordinary private bodywork session, call Krishna Naidu. Krishna definitely has the touch. He offers yoga fusion therapy, embodiment therapy, individual tantra sessions, and even private yoga classes. I hope this intrigues you. His work is subtle yet tremendously effective, and I know his clients keep coming back for more because I'm one of them. For more information about the sessions and to find a session near you, call Krishna Naidu at 857-891-8090. That's 857-891-8090. Call Krishna Naidu today. Sessions are regularly available in New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., Phoenix, and Scottsdale. I, Laurie Handlers, the host of this show, personally invite you to come with me on a tantric tour of the heart of India on November 21st to December 3rd, 2010. You'll see the Taj Mahal, of course, and visit the fabulous Fadipur Sikri, home of the great Mughal King Akbar. You'll experience the Sacred Lake in Pushkar, and then you'll tour the pink city of Jaipur. Then, at dawn, from a boat on the Ganges in Varanasi, you'll see exquisite Hindu prayer rituals. Then you'll tour Sarnath, where the Buddha gave his first speech after attaining enlightenment. And finally, you'll get to explore the exotic Kama Sutra temples in Kajiraho. All throughout the tour, you'll learn tantric techniques and principles, and I promise you'll feel a tremendous sense of well-being as we delve into these simple yet potent tantric tools. Please note, No previous experience of Tantra or yoga is necessary to come on this tour with me. I invite you to join me in this unique experience touring the incredible, incredible country of India. I must warn you, this is not your typical tour, and you are not the typical tourist. For more information about this exciting tantric tour of the heart of India, contact Lori at butterflyworkshops.com or write to her at Info at ButterflyWorkshops.com We're back with Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, and this is a program for spiritual enlightenment. I'd love for you to be interested in finding out about the School of Temple Arts. At this School of Temple Arts, located in Sedona, there is a union going on. There's There's a union of sex educators around the globe. And perhaps you're such a sex educator and want to find out how you can be connected to all the others around the world. We're, we're bridging cultures, mores, all kinds of different practices and different information globally. Go to schooloftemplearts.com to find out more information. Also, I, I ask you to visit my recommended list webtalkradio.net for up-to-date listings of books, products, and services that enhance a tantric lifestyle. You'll find Tantrika Maya there. You'll find Krishna Naidu. You'll find the Hormone Nurse, Laurie Phillips, and others. 
please go there and check out my picks. Well, I'm back with my authors, Andrew Barnes and Yvonne Lumpton. They've created a book called Heart of the Flower, the Book of Yonis, so that women can find out that there really is no right vagina or normal vagina, that they're all different. I wanted to ask you about the women. How did you find the women that wanted to be in your book? It's one of those things that um, you, you put the request out to the universe and the universe provides, Laurie. It was amazing that just through word of mouth, um, women would tell, tell their friends or opportunistic conversations that occur that would share that we were doing a book and then they would say, yeah, I'll come along. And the first day we, we did the first photo shoot and we did it over a weekend in the space of two days, I believe we photographed 20, 21 women. And they just came promptly on time, just turning up with their friends and either celebrating or there was some fears and intrepidation about the, the process. But we, we were there and Andrew was there to support all the women. So it sounds like an amazing process. I, I didn't know about it. It's probably because Andrew probably, I don't know if he put anything out on Facebook. We've been friends for a long time, but I probably just didn't know because I might have wanted to be in the book. Oh, really? That would have been great. <laughs> Let me know if you do part two. <laughs> now, we do know someone in the book, actually, one of my guests, one of my former guests on the show. Leela Sullivan is in the book. I know that. And, uh, yes. Yeah. She has just spoken so amazingly, and her, when she talked on my show, she, she talked about going from being in the locker room in school, totally embarrassed about her body, hoping nobody would come in at the same time when she was in the corner in gym class, not wanting to disclose any part of her or show, have any part of her showing, going to posing uh, in this book with her yoni. So... Obviously, you found 49 other people, and they may have been just like that at one point or just like another. I have some question about uh, the, about uh, current fad. Like, I noticed that hairless is a current fad with women, like taking all the hair off of their genitals is a current fad. And I'm wondering how that played out in your book. Did, were women, did, they, did some women have their genital hair? Did some women... Did most women not have any, or was it kind of a mix like that? It's funny you should ask that. Um, we kind of jokingly say, for most photo shoots, people go and get their hair done, right? Right. Before they get, before they get <laughs> photographed. So what we had was a number of women turning up with shaving rash. <laughs> oh. Or fresh, fresh spots from being waxed. Because um, at the last minute, they got self-conscious and thought, oh, I better go and get my hair done. <laughs> So there are there are a number of women that have shaving rash or, or waxing rash, and we basically said to all the women that turned up, however you turn up is how we're going to photograph you, and there'll be no photoshopping, no editing of your photographs. And so there are women in the book that you can see their shaving rash, and we really love that because it's real. I mean, mm. you know, women have shaving rash when they shave their yonis. Right. So there are there are also women that that didn't remove their hair. Um, but that was a funny part of the book, <laughs> a funny part of the photography part of the book. 
I can imagine. I mean, and it's just because I also, you know, when I, uh, I mentioned Sherry Winston again, because she said that over the years of being a midwife, that the, the fads have changed so much that before, as a midwife, when she first started, there would almost be no women turning up with uh, bare, you know, with bald um, uh, yonis. And now that's the fad. Uh, it seems that people have that more and more. So, of course, it's just a natural question. But I love yeah, that you kept I actually it. Think, I, think, I think the removal of hair has actually got a lot to do with um, the popularity of oral sex. And, and you can see that the more that oral sex has become a natural part of our sexual experience or our sexual expression, the more um, pubic hair is being removed. I think there's a lot to do with, I think there's a correlation between popularity of oral sex and the removal of pubic hair. Hmm, interesting. Very, very interesting. Hmm. And the fad, how did the fad started, I guess, in the porno industry? I can't imagine that it started. And maybe now that women, what you said before, Yvonne, more women are, are looking at pornography than ever before. I guess they're moved to do like what the porn stars are doing. Mm. Yeah, and there's, um, the has been alluding to that now because there's, there's been more hair being removed and more is being seen, that then is that how people are actually um, noticing how they look. Whereas yeah, one before, yeah. or once before, there was hair there. So all is being revealed now. You know, also I'm reminded of um, that one of the pioneers in sexuality is Betty Dodson. And Betty Dodson's first book, which at the time when it was first released, it was called Liberating Masturbation. Now it's the same book, but it's called Sex for One. And it's probably been... I. I got the book in 1972, so that's how long that book has been around. And she's the first person. She did a lot of drawings of different women's vaginas, and they were excellent drawings, just line drawings, you know, like pen and ink. And I remember reading that book and going, wow, they're all so different. Everyone's looks so different. And now you're doing this this photography book, so it's uh, even as another level of reality to it. And I remember being very surprised, just going, "Oh, look at this!" Mm. You know, we yeah, Betty, Betty Dodson's been a wonderful inspiration for us, and I've been fortunate enough to meet Betty Dodson a number of times. She's an amazing woman, um, and I, I so I guess the whole the whole purpose of our book, the whole, the main purpose is really about celebrating and normalizing diversity rather than this, this, this thing that seems to be happening in our culture where everything needs to look and be the same. You know, so, so we, we really want to get a message of diversity is what's normal. So what are the ages and what are the ethnicities and do all the women have Children and you know what what are the what are some of the diversities that you would say you covered? The youngest woman in the book is twenty four, and the eldest woman in the book is sixty five, and so there's women of all shapes, sizes, and races in between the, that age group. 
Um, we photographed uh, several women from America. We were in America in 2009, I think. 2009, yeah. And we we were able to photograph some. Alila was one of the women that mm. we photographed while we were in America. Um, so there's women of all races. Um, and any Irish women pregnant? Um, yeah, two or one of the women in the book is pregnant during the photos. Okay, and um, anything else? I mean, any other kinds of... I mean, did you come across any, like, piercings or anything like that? Yeah, we have they have a woman that has piercings. We have a woman that's um, had a labioplasty, and she was great. to, to um, We were able to get some photographs where it shows the scars after the surgery. We have a, a wonderful African woman that came along which was a very moving mm. day for Yvonne and I when we were taking those photographs. And she basically came and said, you know, I'm taking these photographs, I'm letting you take these photographs for Africa and you, you need to promise to get this book into Africa mm. because there's so much female genital mutilation happening in Africa and she's hoping that these photographs will help um, to change what's happening throughout Africa and countries like that with regards to female genital mutilation. Yeah, that was a very, mm. very moving day for Yvonne and I with this you know, amazing spiritual African woman that came for photographs. And we have a, an amazing Native American Indian woman who's in the book. Um, just, just a wonderful array mm. and diverse range of women from different cultures. It was amazing, Laurie, that when we would be photographing some women and we'd want to extend it so we could uh, capture as many women as possible um one sandra and i would put our heads together and you know say right hey it'd be really great if we could get someone with piercings um, or someone that's pregnant this is when we'd you know we'd find ourselves having conversations and you'd start spontaneously talking about the book to someone and i'm going why am i telling you about the book and we need someone with piercings and then the woman that I'm talking to answers back and goes, I'll be in your book and I've, I've got two piercings. <laughs> so, Amazing. Yeah, it just yeah. really flowed. We've also got a mother and a daughter in the book as well. Mm. We're very fortunate. One of the first women that we photographed um, uh, in the book, her daughter was one of the last women that we photographed mm. in the book. And so there's a beautiful... Um, there's a, they've both written beautiful stories about their relationship with their genitals, and the mother has written a beautiful story about how she how she feels about her daughter being in the book, and how she feels that this has been a a, genera- a, a, a healing through the generations of their family, with regards to their body image and their sexuality. That's extraordinary. Very and powerful. That really is extraordinary. I can I could just you know could just imagine. My mother and me. It, do, it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. So we, we were so fortunate and so honoured to have these two, you know, amazing women say yes to being photographed in the book. You know, I'm getting tingly just talking to, talking about it right now. Now, of course, I want to ask you: Did their yonis resemble each other? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> they're all like fingerprints. They're all different. They're all unique. <laughs> well, you know how people resemble their parents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure some do, but not in this case. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to pause here for a moment. We'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to Tantra Cafe. I'm still laughing. You're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. 
And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook, or you can write to me at laurie at tantracafe.com. If you have any questions or want to share any ideas with me for the program, please do write to me. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Would you like to try a natural product that would enhance your orgasms? My guest today is Shana Venice, the founder of New Zealand Pure, a company that makes unique products for sexual wellness. Shana, what is it that people can use to enhance their orgasms? Everybody's trying to do that. Absolutely. Well, there are different factors that, uh, you know, come into play why we don't have explosive orgasms. One is, you know, our vaginal secretions aren't flowing like they used to. Perhaps you're a little dry, perhaps you're a little irritated. Well, the great thing about silk, which is made from kiwi vine extract, is that it helps to balance your own pH and increase your vaginal secretions. The result is explosive, satisfying, wonderful orgasms and joyful sex. Wow, Shana, thanks so much for that description. Wonderful. If you'd like to find out more about Silk, go to SilkUSA.com. That's S-Y-L-K-U-S-A.com. You can find out more about Silk from me as well. Write to Laurie at TantraCafe.com. Many times on Tantra Cafe, you've heard my guests and me discuss emotional release techniques. Now, you can do emotional release work in the privacy of your own home. In my CD, Shamanic Release and Lati Han, I create a very, very safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work I'm known for in my Tantra courses. First, I set you up with the proper positioning and breathing, and then I guide you through emotional states to the beat of tribal African rhythms. Try the CD as an easy way to do your personal clearing work on a regular basis and watch your relationships walk free from emotional baggage. You can order my CD at ButterflyWorkshops.com for only $20. I believe you're worth it. I hope you do. Go to ButterflyWorkshops.com and get your copy now and walk free from emotional baggage. We're back with Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host, and I am loving my show today with Andrew and Yvonne. Andrew Barnes and Yvonne Lumsden, pioneers right now in letting women see what real women's genitals look like so that people can find out that they're okay, that they're normal, that they don't have to do anything to themselves. They don't have to risk scars and infections and lack of sensation by changing their genital labia. It's a it's a it's crazy. What a world we live in. So Andrew and Yvonne, what when does the when does the book come out? How can people get a hold of it? How can they how can they reach you and, and what's next on your what's next on your on your plans? Let's find out. Okay, so yeah the book is we're having the um the official um book launch on the seventh of September in Brisbane, Australia. Of course you're welcome to come along. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're ta- we're already taking pre-orders off the internet, so we have a website called Heart of the Flower. So www.heartoftheflower.com, and people can purchase the book um, on, from that website. Um, the price of the book is 
5495 that's Australian dollars so I think in America that's probably about $40 American okay um it's actually a hard cover book that's um is I don't know if you know millimeters but um it's 290 millimeters by 245 millimeters I've no idea I've no idea that's it's, it's a big book yeah it's it's a big I don't know what that is in inches but it's big is that um, like a coffee table book it's a mm. definite coffee table book. It weighs 1.25 kilos. Mm. Um, so I think that's probably about two and a bit pounds. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, and it's got 164 full-color pages. So that it's jam-packed with amazing 100 pages of photographs of women's yonis and 64 pages of really powerful information and information, including information about the anatomy and physiology with amazing diagrams and things like that. Um, so if people did want to order it, they can certainly put through a pre-order through the website now. And um, people in America have a choice of air or sea mail. So it's up to them if they want to um, get the book in 10 days or if they want to wait four to six weeks. Right. Are you going to go on tour? Is the, are you going to tour with the book at all? We're going to be in. Um, we're doing a talk at a uh, sexuality conference in Holland in October, beginning of October, and we'll do a book launch there. And we're planning on doing one in either London or um, Scotland while we're in Europe. And then we're going to be in South Africa in December doing a book launch at another sexuality conference. And then we'll probably be in America. Um, March next year, doing a book launch at the School of Temple Arts that you mentioned earlier at their conference next yeah. year in March in Sedona. Great. I I'm, I won't be at that. I, I'm pre-booked for something, but I maybe in South Africa. I might see you there. Oh, that'd uh, be great. Oh, nice one. Yeah, I'm invited. We'll see. I'm invited to co-lead that, so we'll see. Oh, lovely. Uh, I'm, I'm very impressed. I, I love what you did. I, I think it's really important. And I, I want to know, uh, also, uh, just in terms of, do you have any other projects? Do you have a backup project or anything else that's, you know, on your horizon? <laughs> oh, we're, we're sitting here smiling. Andrew's giving me the eye here because I've got, <laughs> I have the win, the, the vision of, I would love to do a book for men as well. Um, but I think, I think we'll get over this one first. <laughs> Oh, it sounds great that men would, you know, men are always comparing their size yes, to each other. Right. So if you did, this is hysterical, if you did a male book, you would you would photograph a flaccid penis? Probably a combination of flaccid yeah. and erect, we would say. Yeah. And it's, it's actually interesting because when I was speaking to um, a, a man at the uh, conference last year and he was very interested in the topic of labiaplasty and he approached me and he said we have a similar issue in our family and he shared that there were of um him and his wife his wife was jewish and he wasn't and they were having a discussion about their son and um for his son to get circumcised as part of their culture and he was opposed to it and for him, he could see parallels between the genital plastic surgery and circumcision. And, yeah, it planted a seed for me. I thought, well, 
you know, loss of sensation or, or just different um, schools of thought. It's so good that you met. I mean, this is, it's great. This is a whole other conversation and it's so important. I, I mean, I was, I was brought up in the Jewish uh, faith, although my family wasn't, weren't great believers. So I, I'm not going to say that I had the religious aspects of it. We don't have any boys, but I'm sure the boys would have been circumcised. They would have had to have that ceremony called the bris if we had, if I had brothers. And I, you know, I've known my whole life that circumcision was wrong. It, it might have been right in the days when they were trying to prevent disease or what have you, but in these, in this era, it's just, it, it really does, again, it's, it, it's mutilation, it's genital mutilation, and it, I, I'm giving a clear sound opinion here. <laughs> it's genital mutilation, and it does rob boys and men of sensation. It's just, uh, why do we have to keep doing it? It's, it's just a, it's like a tradition that now seems barbaric to me because we have modern medicine. You know, I don't know. So that's just an opinion what, I have. Yeah, basically from what I've read, generally if the father has been circumcised, generally the son gets circumcised. So people are just doing what they know. Mm. Often that's the case with, with male circumcision. Well, that's just, it's just too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a whole other can of worms, male <laughs> circumcision. And, you know, there's lots of differing opinions mm. about male circumcision. So definitely if we, if we are to make a second book, um, uh, in relation to male genital self-esteem, that'll definitely be one of the topics that we discuss in in, in that book, um, because it's it's a hot topic and there's there is a lot of controversy around the world about circumcision nowadays because people are starting to think about things rather than just go along with things, which I, I think is a very important and uh, thing that needs to be happening more in our culture with regards to body image and sexuality. It's so good. I mean, we, it's just, I think it's, you know, I'm patting myself on the shoulder. I'm patting you on the shoulder long distance to Australia because I, I feel like it's because of us that people are starting to question things. I feel that because of, because of the nature of our work and bringing sexuality into the light. You know, I've often thought that, uh, when people came home from war, this is just one of the things I contemplated quite some time ago, probably during Vietnam. People came home from war and they got ticker tape parades and they got recognitions and medals, all kinds of medals of decoration, and they could be in the light, having having just killed and maimed people in the in, in the honoring uh, wave of your nation, of your nation, your nationality, your country. And yet, we've had to, in order to make love, we've had to, like, close the doors, pull down the shades, do it in the dark, in the, have passion in the heat of the night when nobody else could hear us. And why aren't we making love on a ticker tape parade and having, having love in the light? And I think that always bothered me, and it might even be what moved me to become a, a tantric master and a sex educator, it just, the idea that it, making love needs to be 
brought out. And uh, so I just, I don't know, I just thought of that in terms of what we were saying, in terms of all of this coming out and people being up for consideration. People just being able to consider what their practice is, consider what they want to do, consider whether they want to do just what their father did. Um, exactly, and about about making conscious choices and and looking and if need be challenging social social norms with regards to body image and sexuality. I think it's a very important thing that we all start to do more of. Because the more that we can do that, the more that we can empower ourselves to make choices based on what feels like our truth rather than what we've been conditioned to think and feel from the moment we were born and to cultures that are that that often that often suppress and conform our sexuality rather than teach us to open and expand and express our sexuality in a beautiful, loving way. And so people like yourself, like us, like, you know, Des from School of Temple Arts and Leela and the amazing Betty Dodson and Sherry Winston, you know, like, I certainly feel like we're in the forefront uh, of a new era that's driving forward this message of, you know, celebrating our bodies, celebrating our sexuality in a really beautiful, loving, um, gentle, kind of natural way. No, for me it feels like that's the message that we're all carrying and hopefully more people will start to pick up that message and, and integrate that into their life, into their experience. Well, I, I'm right with you there, right with you there. I, wa- I want to really thank you both for being my guest today. I want to direct people to find you. If you want to get in touch with Andrew Barnes or Yvonne Lumsden you want, and, or in order the book, you want to go to Heart of the flower.com and is there another website where people can find out more about the actual tantric practice or sexuality coaching that you both do if, if they just go to um, the heart of the flower website there's information on there and there's also links to some other websites that can provide that information about about um, the retreats. Yvonne and I also run women's sexuality retreats and different things like that, so they can find all the links to that on that website. Wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for being my guest today. I, I, I'm just, I'm really moved by what, by the project. I'm really moved by the scope of what you did. So thanks for agreeing to be my guest and coming on the show. Really lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks, Laurie. Thank you. Thanks for your work. Uh, everyone, if you'd like to follow me on Facebook or Twitter, please do. You can write to me, laurie at tantracafe.com. I'd like you to stay tuned for my next guest. For next week's show, my guest is an expert on kink, and that should be an extraordinary look into the world of kink uh, and how it may or may not relate to Tantra. And uh, again, remember this show is brought to you by Silk a personal lubricant that enhances your pH on the inside. So for now, namaste from Tantra Cafe. I bid you adieu.